Hi everyone and welcome back to the Gentleman's Talk. I'm here on Sunday and it's my reflection day. It's a day I look forward to. I actually focus deep down on myself and really look inwards on this day. And I choose through, um, you know, through my passion to share that with you. Um, I think it's a really important phase. There's so much that goes on in life that it's really important to be open, be honest, and uh, and find ways to look after ourselves. And reflection for me is really, really is it's, it's a really critical phase to my mental health, or rather my my well being, which incorporates really good mental health. And for me, reflection, and I and I know I spout on about this all the time. It's because it's so important for me. When you find that thing that works for you, you have to stick with it. And and if you've listened over the many, many hours, you'll see that I, I talk about the same thing. I don't spin it in slightly different ways, but I put different scenarios to hopefully find things that are relatable. But it's really important that you, when you find that thing that helps you, that makes you feel good, that you can manage... You have to hold on to it. You have to nurture it. You have to look after it. But most of all, as I've said before, when you do something for three months, that is when it becomes a learned habit. That's the point when it becomes natural. And I think that I'm, I'm proof in the pudding there. You know, I've been doing this for the best part of 11 months now. We're into the 11th month. Can you believe it? We're almost going to hit a year where I have spoken to you nearly every single week. Um, that's almost coming up to 52 weeks. <laughs> Look at me doing the maths. Um, so it's it, But it's a really momentous time. It just goes to show that when you stick to something that you enjoy, you watch it grow, and it really does. Do you know what? Um, when I first started this podcast, I wasn't confident at all. Um, I, I've always been a social person. Always been. Uh, I've always enjoyed talking uh, especially about subjects that I know because I, I do like I, I like educating I like educating myself I like helping other people and this whole journey really is kind of <clears throat> proof in the pudding for me that I've grown I've grown as a person I've grown in terms of my understanding of life um, I feel a lot stronger than I ever have um, it's all just positive stuff, and it's all, yes, like I said, I, I have my good days and I have my bad days. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and make it sound like, oh, God, yeah, it's all over, because that would be false of me. But at the same time, I, I need to emphasize more and more the positivity on why we do this, why we reflect, why we do the things we do that we incorporate into our life, why we want to make them a learned habit, because... Once they become a learned habit, it's natural. We do it without thinking about it, and then we're naturally staying happy. It's it's almost like sort of providing an automatic response, isn't it? You know, it's almost like it's just, you know, when you think, you don't naturally sit there and actually think, I'm going to move my hands now. You can be talking and you'll naturally move your hands. You naturally breathe. You naturally blink. All of these are functions these are all done through repetition and habit, and obviously, you know, we, we need to do it. But there's no difference to what I talk about with adopting that ethos, 
doing something that makes you feel happy, that makes you feel calm, content, and brings your well-being back into balance. Because when you do that, you don't have to continuously maintain. You can just add in new ways, new dynamics, new hobbies, new learned skills. You can do that. And that's when we evolve as a person. Because, like for me, reflection is just part of what I do now. I just absolutely love it. It's it's a daily routine for me. It's an activity I incorporate into every aspect of my life. Um, right down to... I was a little bit probably... I, I'll tell you, something happened this week, something happened this week, right, so as you all know, I'm a really open and honest person, and sometimes I can, I, I've, I'm probably a little bit too honest for my own likings, but I don't mean it in a horrible context, but do you know what, for me to better myself and to better my surroundings and be a better person, I find if I'm open and honest when someone's done something to me, now I'm telling you this story because I want you to know that Although there was a negative and a positive to my story, this story, um, it, it did end up with a better positive. Um, and what it was was I was out during the day. I was a little bit irritable yesterday. To well, not irritable. I was a little bit. Um, I was a little bit tired, and I hadn't eaten. We went out shopping, etc., uh, etc. Et and my wife had made a couple of comments. She she basically uh, what was it she made? I'm trying to think of the first comment she made. Um, I can't remember, I can't remember the first one, but there was a first one that, that annoyed me, and I just kind of let it slip and just went, you know, whatever, it's, it's, it, I was in a, thought I, I was in an irritable mood, and then we went home, and um, I called my daughter, now I do call my daughter in a little bit of a, not an angry way, but I've got a deep voice, so I kind of like say it in a commanding way, so I've been told off a few times for talking to my daughters, like as if to say, when I say her name, I'll say it like quite loud, and it's got a certain tone that means like, I, I want you here, but you know, just get here, don't piss around, because I do that, because my my kids, and you'll probably, um, probably relate to this if you've got children, when you tell them something, if you're nice with them, they just fucking ignore you, and they, you like end up going upstairs, and then you're like, I didn't want to walk upstairs, I just wanted a quick chat, so... I just say it with assertiveness, assertiveness now and just go, fucking get done, get here now. Anyway, and I did that at the bottom of the stairs. So my, my wife made a comment to me. She went, James, why do you do that? Why do you have to talk to them like that? And I was like, I'd heard, now, bearing in mind, I'd heard this comment so many times because it's the way I talk to the girls. And I don't mean it in an, in an aggressive way. Genuinely do not. I just say their name. So I would just, I would just say, James, or do you know what I mean? That's quite loud. But I would just say, that was my name. I'd just say it quite an assertive uh, voice. Anyway, it's hard to explain, really. It's hard to express. But anyway, I, I'm going to fucking lose track here. So, uh, but she, I, she says it all the time. And I... And I went through the day, and, and it did bug me, but I didn't let it bug me. So I just kind of stayed out of the way, and uh, she made a couple of little comments saying, like, you know, oh, are you a bit irritated with me? You, uh, sorry, I, I feel like you don't like me today. And I was like, no, it's not that I don't like you. Um, and, you know, just moving on. So we went to bed, and then, I, like I said, I was an open and honest person. And uh, I said, um, you, yeah, you did. You irritated me a little bit today. <laughs> you were a little bit irritable with the comments you made, and I'm not sure why you made those comments. And then we, we had a discussion. She said that should that hurt her heart, <laughs> which I can probably understand. You're all probably thinking, fucking hell, mate, that's a bit brutal. But I just wanted to be open and honest, and I explained why. And then she turned around and she said, well, okay, so to move... And this is where the positive comes in. She said to me, okay, to move forward, um, can you explain to me what specific things I did to irritate you? And I explained the two scenarios. So I apologise, I can't remember the first one. 
Um, and it's because it's dealt with, so it's, it's really... The second one was just annoying because it was quite a repetition thing. And um, so we had we had the, the discussion, and I explained what I'd done. And she said, okay, then. And then she said, but you do talk to the girls like that. And I said, I can't help that. That's just my personality. I said, like, you... I can try, but it's it's not even my personality. It's, it's just the way that I command. It's just my deep voice. I can't really, I can't tone it down because when I tone it down, I sound horrendous. I'm like, Tegan. <laughs> she, she said, go with a high pitched voice. She says, talk to the boys, my, my dogs. You, you talk to them like they, they, their ears go down when you when you call their name because they think you're going to be in trouble. And you're like, it's just my voice. I've just got a deep voice. I can't. I really can't help it. Um, and I said to her. When we were having this discussion, I said, well, you need to remember that even when I was, uh, you know, even when the rest of the family had their, um, you know, their children around and we would see other children, I was always, I'd, I would always get used. My deep voice would always get used as the assertive one. They used to say, look, I'll get James to tell you off. And I'd be like, no. Or James, can you call such and such? You've got a louder voice. Oh, and I have got a loud voice and it is quite deep. So it was irritating. It was annoying me because I was like, I can't change this aspect of me. It's just my voice. You're asking me to change something that is 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 hard for me. You're asking me to change the tone, the natural tone of my voice, to suit the condition. When everyone just just know, I'm not meaning it in an arsehole way. I just mean so. And it was, it didn't affect my mental health. That's probably way too deep. But it was causing me to be irritated by her. And I, and I don't like that. I really don't like that at all. So it, for me, it was like the open and honest thing. So we were sat in bed and, um, you know, we were just sort of talking like we always do. Um, we, we incorporate reflection a little bit into into the end of the day as, as a partnership now because, you know, it's really important that we move forward. You know, one of the reasons we failed, I don't mean failed, but one of the reasons why, you know, we found difficulty in the past is because we've never been open we haven't been open about or honest about what has affected us and I've almost just gone and done my own thing and you know and it's just kind of it's never really worked because I was never open and honest about what was affecting me so as a moving forward stage and I've done this a couple of times and I know that you're probably thinking Christ this only and I don't I, I will caveat this straight away that I don't do it with I do it with you know, tactfulness. I'm not going to go in and say, oh, yeah, you fucking irritate me today. I'm not like that at all. It's, it's a full adult conversation. And it's really, I must address that because that's the importance is, is I'm in a better place to be able to do that. And the reason I say that is because with the whole journey, the whole place I've come from, the whole place that I've been, the, the, the nastiness you've heard over the plethora of episodes of the the dark place I've been and the way I used to treat people around me. And the thing is with mental health, that is what happens. You show, you display anger, frustration, and it becomes a very, very negative, horrible place. It becomes a place of unpredictability. It's it's just not a nice place because it is so unnatural. It's almost like feeding the devil. Um, and depression is just when you're when you have depression, you 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 know you have depression. It's in a dark, dark place. But there is such levels of depression, and if you can get it early, that's the best place to try and grab hold of it and get hold of your mental health. So you know, I sort of kind of don't mean it in a negative sense. Um, but <laughs> so I was just, literally, I was just trying to think about that. But. But mental health for me is, is 
it's having that adaptability. It's having the ability to be able to manage it, get that well-being gripped. And when I go, when I strike back and I say to myself, you know, this is where mental health for me is so important. It's, you need to manage it. When you find that thing that you manage, then when you find that thing that works for you, do it often enough, whether that be meditation, whether that be reflection like me, like I said, I incorporate that into every single day. That's what makes you happy. And then what I've adapted is, like I said, at the end of every day, we we have an adult conversation and we sit there and we'll, that brings us into a better place. That brings us back into alignment. And the reason I think it's so important in relationships is relationships are, are quite um, disposable nowadays. So certainly the generation that um, my daughters are going through, it certainly comes across as the disposable commodity. It's almost like, um, you know, sex is is expected. It's almost like um, sex is flaunted. It's it's abused. Um, so you don't get long enough really to connect. It doesn't feel like that. Men are absolutely berated now when they're in relationships. Men are we're almost seen uh, we're always we almost get this opinion of us now that we are the snakes we're these horrible people that are constantly angry at the world and you know there's so much negativity surrounding men it's almost like you know women are almost and it's horrible to say I don't really want to say it but it's a fact it's we're seen as in such negative light and everybody wants equality but unfortunately for me, it doesn't seem like equality. Men are taking the raw end of the deal here. So, you know, child support is is still predominantly the men that have to pay. There's there's so many things that are so negative towards men nowadays that men now are just shutting down. Men are just pushing away. And I wanted to save that because I've been in this I've been in an unfortunate place where mental health for me it, it ripped me apart. It pushed me away from everybody it drew me into a negative place it surrounded me with toxic people that didn't care about me for who I am didn't care about me for what I brought to the table oh sorry well yeah they did they cared about what I brought to the table because a lot of the time they take advantage of you and you're very vulnerable when you have mental health problems more vulnerable than you'll ever be because the world seems uncertain to you so I've incorporated reflection to everything, and this is where I talk about reflection, for me, works. I sit there and I reflect, and, and I have the ability now, because I'm open and honest, is I do deliver it in such a way that if something's annoying me, or somebody's done something, I don't sit there and dwell on it. I don't sit there and get fucked off and get angry, and I don't let it dwell. If my daughters have done something, and I say, what you've done there, like my daughter, for instance, she, I, I, when I, I spoke the other day, and, and to go back to why I called her, I called her because I actually bought her a gift. So I was in town and I was walking around town in the pissing down rain, and I was struck by the fact that I suppose because I've been looking after myself, I have a clearer head, I have a different vision on life, and I've, and I'm certainly seeing a few things in a different way recently, and in a more compassionate way, which is a, an unusual feeling for me. 
But I was walking around town in the pouring down rain whilst I waited for my wife, my other daughter, uh, one of my daughters, to have an optician's. And I was just walking around doing a bit of window shopping. And there was a cat, a porcelain cat that had been handmade with a heart on it. And it was ginger. There was a few of them. And it was only, I don't know, two and a half inches uh, at all. It was just this little tiny ornament. But it it was beautiful. It was absolutely lovely. Now, my daughter wants a cat. But unfortunately, I've got three dogs. And... Um, and I don't mean this in a negative sense, but I don't like cats. I've never been a cat person. Cats don't like me. I suppose it's probably the testosterone in me because I'm a bit of an alpha male. Um, and I do, I, for me personally, I think that because of the way I am, when I say alpha male, that does sound a bit um, a bit arrogant, but I don't mean it in that sense. I, it means I, I, I'm a strong person, a strong personality. I need to say, remove that alpha male. It sounds like fucking I'm like, literally pissing out testosterone out my ears and, and I'm really not um, but in other words I just think I'm a strong leader I'm, and I like that and the, the, the thing is anyway and this is going to be a bit of a digression here now and I love these but for, for me cats don't offer that obedience they don't offer that love for me um, it's, it's when they want it and I'm like fuck that I want a dog that literally because dogs love me 24 fucking 7 you know I could I could literally go out the front door shut the door, immediately open the fucking door and go, really, really excited, and the fucking dog will piss his pants and get real excited. He'll batter his fucking tail everywhere. And I'll be like, this is what I want. I've, I've done nothing, mate, but you are giving me the, so much love. And I have a German shepherd who's like 43 kilograms, and he is a white He's a white one, and he is a beast. And, you know, like a, you, you know if you've listened to me that he, he saved my life. Um... He, he literally got me up and out walking and everything. So he's like the um, the rock in my life, my dog. He, he's absolutely everything to me. Um, and it's very difficult because he's a bloke. And, and because I'm that strong alpha, um, he doesn't like getting close to me because I'm his boss. I'm in, So I want the closeness, but he absolutely doesn't. He's, he's a female. Um, he, he's a man that loves the female. So he loves females. He adores them. It goes on anyway. I, I, I guess he protects them. He absolutely loves it. Me, on the other hand, I'm his master. So it's a bit of a difficult one. But I love him unconditional so anyway i digress there um so i bought yeah so i bought this um thing and she she wants a cat and um i couldn't and i knew she wanted a ginger cat so i got this little thing and that's uh, and that's where i sort of came home and it was nice it was nice the clarity gave her the gift and i felt amazing because i just felt i was doing things that i weren't i wasn't used to and that's because i've incorporated this reflection I've, I've incorporated this honesty as well. If someone's done something that affects me, don't sit there and dwell on it. And, and, and if they're true, a true friend, they'll listen to you and they'll make that adjustment. Or they'll, not even an adjustment, because that's that's wrong to expect them to, to adjust for you. But if they've done something particular to you and it's offended you or affected you, just, just ask for that conversation. Or if you feel a certain feeling and you just say, well, you know, and I, I don't mean everyone should tiptoe around you, but just let them know that person's done something to annoy you or um, it works in both ways as well. It can also go to the way where it can actually work when you, someone does something and it's positive reinforcement, isn't it? We talk about it all the time and it's making sure that we live on a more of a better balance. I know it can sound like that's a lot to work with, like, oh my God, you expect people to tip. I don't want anyone to tiptoe around people. But it's amazing when you work together as a team. And like I said, we spoke about this. And I just said, well, you know, like, you know, going back to the conversation with my wife. And 
I said, well, no, not at all. I just said the way you spoke to me, it was almost a little bit belittling. It's not much I can do about this. It's the tone of my voice. I could adjust it a little bit, but that would be forced, which means I'd have to, but I will. I will inherently try. So that's what I did. And then, do you know what? Um, it, to go back into that, then today uh, we were calling my daughter. She was calling my daughter. And I called her, as she said, because um, Tegan didn't hear her because she had her music on. And... Um, she called her and she didn't listen. She said, can you call her, please? So I said, I said it in a low-pitched voice. I said my daughter's name. And um, she didn't listen. And I said, well, should I do it in my normal voice? And she went, yeah, okay. And I said it in my normal voice and instantly she went, yeah. I was like, the proof's in the pudding. She's got music on. So if I just go with that. And it was interesting. Do you know what I mean? So it caused a bit of an argument, but the proof was in the pudding. Not an argument. It didn't cause an argument, sorry. But... She said to me in the bed, in, in bed, she was like, yeah, you know, it was a bit hard to take, but you did put, because I said, you know, sorry, I was a bit honest with you there. And she said, no, it's better to be honest and understand each other to move forward and work at this because it, it, relationships, as with, as with anything, relationships, um, partnerships, friendships, whatever, family ships i'll stick a ships on the end because i was trying to go for the theme they all take good work they all take hard work nothing is easy we're not all compatible but sometimes we're put into a situation where you know you're not supposed to be compatible but you are compatible or you may be have been compatible at one stage you know undeniably but at the next stage you need to work on it a little bit to bring that compatibility back and that works in friendships as well because sometimes we do lose a little bit of our way Sometimes we might go off and make a little bit of a mistake, but a true friend or a true partner will pull you back in and you'll work together at it. And that's what they're, um, for me, that's the importance is working at it. And I think that that goes with the whole theme really of, of mental health. It's about constantly working at it. And I'm not talking about sitting there and making it enduring. Oh, it's never going to end. And I know I've had this on social media when I said about continuous improvement of your mental health and always look for ways to better yourself. And I meant it in a, you know, in a, in a sort of pragmatic way, really, or practicable way, um, in the sense that, you know, once you find something, for me, reflection works fantastically. So I know that that makes me think what it is indirectly done is before I send emails now, I, I almost put them in, I always put them in drafts and come back to them. Or whereas I'd sent emails out, you know, the night before with a little bit of passion, I don't. I stick it in drafts and deal with it the next day. I've changed my whole effect or thinking, out, outlook, because I reflect quite heavily and I reflect about everything. I reflect about my past. I reflect about being bullied, I reflect about, we were talking about that today with my wife, um, I reflect about all sorts, um, poor relationships, poor friendships, I reflect constantly, so I don't ever not reflect on something, I don't just reflect on the day, the hour, the month, the week, I reflect on other occasions, so when I go out for that long walk, I think back to things that have upset me, could I have done something differently? No, okay, Brilliant. That means I've done everything I could in my own hands. So let's put that to bed. If I could have done something differently, now I'm mature and now I'm thinking more outside the box. Now I'm slowing down a little bit in life and not getting as upset and as uptight as I used to. Um, I look at life slightly differently. So I now reflect on those occasions and I can guarantee nine times out of ten, those, those things I did when I was, you know, when I was in the depths of depression... 
Could I have done them differently? Probably not, because that was the way my brain was. If I'd have had my brain and gone back in time, and that I've got now and gone back in time, yeah, I probably would have done something differently. But I reflect back on a lot. I reflect back on the bullying, like I said, or anything. And could I have done something differently there? Possibly. Possibly my bullying, I could have reached out a little bit more. Yeah, and, and you worry about the repercussions of being called a grass and all those sort of things. But really for my mental health and well-being, I could have done, you know, I could have done anything. It was quite severe. I mean, a, a lot of children now are taken out of school because you don't realise how much of your your childhood is ruined by being bullied. And like I said, my name's James Dean Littlejohn. I lived at 11 John Gay Road years ago. And, you know, like, I mean, we're talking 30, 40 years ago. So, you know, so I started 30 years ago, you know, at school time. So for me, it's kind of difficult to manage those things because at the time that was what it was, you know. It's, but nowadays, like I said, we take children out of school now. We pull them away and we, we home educate because they're safer. They're being nurtured. They're taking on more because it's just a horrible environment sometimes at the school. And I felt that through all of my children to the point where my daughter's got a brand new coat. She's in year seven and it's a, a trench coat style. So it's a long, thin puffer jacket. Um, nothing unfashionable about it at all. But she's getting picked on because it's a trench coat style and not a puffer jacket at the hips. And I just think... But it, it's waterproof, it keeps you warm and it keeps you dry. Why the fuck do I want to pay £40? Because it's not a puffer style jacket. And that's the level of stupidity that these fucking idiots at school go for. By the way, I, I get absolutely passionate about bullying because of where I've been. But when you incorporate these things, when you incorporate the good stuff, the stuff that works for you, whether that be now I'm getting out amongst nature more, whether that means now I'm eating healthier, now I'm drinking more water, now I'm socialising more. Um, when you constantly evolve, like for me, for instance, I'm going to give you a little tip or something I'm doing as, a, as an evolution to social media. Now, this is going to sound fucking crazy because you have to remember I'm 41, but I've gone from like hardly talking to anybody and speaking to my friend, my best friend at the time, you know, still the best friend, Kieran at the time, speaking to him. Um, you know, once every week or so, you know, via text message, um, hardly talking. And, you know, we worked together, so we saw each other most days and we still didn't talk. Right to the point where now we talk absolutely every single day. And it used to be text message. Then it was voice message, so we left voice messages. And that's grown into this new group I harp on about all the time. I absolutely love it. Our little group, The Positive Vibes. And we talk every day. We absolutely boost each other every day. And I mean, those that, that, that uh, we've gone from talking all the time, so we voice note now, occasional text message, and now we've upped it to video messages, which are absolutely incredible because you really do feel the atmosphere. You feel part of that person. So it's using technology for me uh, in a wonderful way. I know that the, the children will be laughing, fucking their ass off now, but... It's just that evolution to make you feel closer, get you back into your well-being, being closer to the people you can't be close with because of distance. But I found with emails, um, text messages, um, messenger, all of these devices that we use to message, everything feels so fake, so emotionless now. To the point where I like face-to-face -face meetings again at work. I like going into work and speak, seeing people's emotions. In fact, my boss actually did something. Um, 
we, I was, it was a difficult. He, was, he, he spoke in a certain manner and he spoke about a certain topic, but I, I won't go on. But it, it made the atmosphere a little bit uncomfortable. Now, he said to me when I was talking to him, he said, if I'd have been there, I'd have read the room. I can't read the room on teams, and that's one of the most frustrating things he's finding as a, as a new manager, as a new leader, is that the, this distance, this distance in a way, is really hard to, to gauge the room. And it really is, because you can't. You can say something. It's like when you text message, you don't read the emotion of that person. But how many times do you interpret what they think or what they've put? And nine times out of ten, we go, it was an angry situation. No, it wasn't. may not have been. And then you have to explain yourself. Whereas if you'd have just done a telephone call or a video call, it, the expression would have been seen on your face. So it's constantly evolving and adapting. And that's probably, I think, comes with confidence as well. So for me, this whole journey, so doing the live podcasts with the Bilster, which I fucking love, we're going to make a... Um, that of more of a common theme, uh, banter with Billy sort of thing. I think it's going to be absolutely fucking fantastic. Um, I enjoy that because it gives a really good perspective on life. So, but it goes from sort of those to making the TikToks to talking about my own personal life on these podcasts, and it's just given me the confidence to grow. It's given me the ability to want to help more people. And at the same time, it's given me the ability to feel part of society again. It's wanting that face-to-face. It's wanting the memories again. It's given me that. All of this whole process so far to date since January. It's just been positivity. Yes, I've had some real fucking horrible times. And I've spoken about some real dark times. But I feel as a turning point, I feel that there's a way to say there is statistics. We can be sad about this, but we can make a difference to turn those statistics around because they grow and they they are growing more and more than than ever before because it's a tough place out there at the moment. And, you know, mental health is is. In, on such a decline at the moment but there is ways we can speak speak out about this there is ways we can talk about this and that's what I'm trying to do that movement of saying I've been through this I, I've gone through that I'm still going through this I'm still on antidepressants I still take medication I still have to do x y and z to look after myself when I let those things go like unhealthy eating I didn't have a very good week eating healthy last week and I'm feeling now I'm feeling bloated and horrible I feel actually like a fucking lead balloon so it's back in back on straight away to get myself sorted and I think that's the, the the foundational the the movement in yourself comes when you start seeing the positivity from engaging properly with your well-being being true to yourself what is you when you forget and you, you strip away all the bullshit of society and you just do things for yourself and the people that are around you that are giving you what you're giving them and it's equal friendship, it's equal partnership. When you start doing that and you start opening up and you you'll become honest, you evolve as a group, as people because you have to. And that's what we nurture in that positivity around us. And I'm seeing this clear as day, absolutely as a sunny day down the beach, no clouds, that clarity, you know, on the Mediterranean where the sea is like a piece of glass. That's how I'm seeing, <coughs> excuse my French there, that was my, uh, that was my voice. Um, I'm seeing things clearer. 
And that's a good thing. It's also a bad thing. It can be a double-edged sword because you can think about things in more clarity and that does give you a different perception. Even sometimes the perception on how I've been in the past is certainly different. I used to blame everybody else around me. I don't. I blame myself for a lot of those decisions. I chose to socialise with those people. I chose to be friends with those people. I made those decisions. Although my judgement was flawed and, and fogged up and cloudy, I still ultimately made those decisions. So, And that was because I didn't do the right things along the way. I didn't get the right work-life balance. I didn't get the right well-being. I didn't give myself the time it needed. I didn't listen to my body when it sat there saying, James, your muscles are solid because you're stressed. I didn't listen to the migraines. I didn't listen to the voices around me, and I don't mean psychotically, but I didn't listen to the little warnings, don't do this. I just became an introvert, shut myself away, and showed myself when I wanted to and when I did show myself it was the ultimate extrovert because that's when I became who I really wanted to be but I'd suppressed it for so long and then I would make stupid mistakes silly mistakes that you pay for and that's when we need to incorporate these these positive things to make ourselves better and it's not even hard to do it's not hard to drink healthily i.e. water and alcohol in moderation not in you don't I'm not saying you know cover the you know I'm not going to tell you tell you what to drink but we all know that alcohol and depression just don't go they are not a mix but at the same time I'm in a better place now and I know that because when I drink now I don't get nowhere near as depressed as I used to I can enjoy a drink and I enjoy a drink now for what it is I'm relaxing more and that, to me, is the positivity of making sure that I reflect, making sure that I'm open and honest. As I've just said to you, I'm open and honest with my wife about everything. Sometimes that might hurt, but if we don't, if we can't, if it's something that we don't talk about, then we're going to sit and dwell and it's just going to get worse and worse and you're not going to be open and honest. But in actual fact, you, what you'll do is with that open and honesty, you'll nurture a better relationship because... You're being open and honest about everything. If if there's something that can be changed that's in the parameters of changeability, then why not do it? We have to evolve. When you're in a partnership of anything or a friendship, you look for that to be long-term. Well, we all change as people. We all go through time and you might experience trauma. Say, for instance, I've been bloody fucking best friends with, with Kieran for 28, almost 29 years. Now, is it 20, yeah, 28 years? So I've evolved massively. I've had, he's seen me from childhood, you know, 16 or 13 to 16, running around like a fucking idiot. He's seen me through work. He's seen me through the military. He's seen me through going to war. He's seen me through all of my circo career. He's now seen me in my next career. He's seen my family grow up. He's godfather to one of my childs. You know, he's seen me go from my highs to my absolute brutal lows and a lot in between that he didn't see but was still part of it. 
So, you know, that's the reality. When you nurture that friendship, and the reason I've, we've had such a good friendship is because we've been open and honest, and we are. I mean, I, I, I know that every time we drink, there's something that will crop up, and, yeah, we, if we're open and honest about what that's done, it might have affected me. If we can move past it, brilliant. And that's how we evolve, and I've given that even in, into my relationship. I've given that into my work relationship. In fact... My mum today, I saw my mum today, and um, she was very sad. Um, you know, she's she, her, her bucket of shit is full. Now, for me, that's that's tough to take, because I found it tough today. As you all know, I'm very protective over my father, very protective. Um, and that's because I think that he's, he's always been my uh, idol. He's always been the alpha male to me. He's always been the person I challenged for years uh, until that day where, you know, and, you know, trust me, we've had a lot of testosterone fuel arguments. And, um, you know, we battled for years because I like to be a leader and he is a great leader. He gave, he's given me everything really that I have now. I'm, I'd like to think I'm just a, um, maybe a, a, a 2.0 version of him. And um, for me, I've always been protective over that because I feel now that because I've asked him to step down, so to speak, and I've asked him to say, I'd like to be the alpha of the family. I'd like to be the I'd like to be the head of the family. And I do, I'm very traditional like that, and that might sound a bit fucking weird for some people, but I am. I'm very traditional. I want him to step down and relax and not stress about things. I wanted to take over the running of the family. So I, I feel confident enough to do that. Um so and that's where we've battled. Um so I've always been protective over him because I've asked him to step down. I now want to be the protector. So I have been inherently very protective over him over the years. Um, and that's only got worse, um, which is, you know, it's brought us closer in, in, in a good way. And he's seen that sort of side of me as well. But my mum today, she's always been a strong character. I'm very relatable to my mum. She's always actually been there. I think she's actually been there, the, the head of the family. She's always been the alpha. Um, so... Although tradition-wise, uh, I say this, and I know there's people out there going, what the fuck are you talking about, inequality and all this sort of stuff, but I don't mean like that. It's just, I don't know. It's just the way we were raised. Maybe it's funny, maybe it's not. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think my mum's always allowed the male to be that way uh, and look after for the protection factor, etc. Um, but, you know, my mum is inherently quite, she's a very strong-willed lady. She's, um, we're very relatable. We've never, we've only argued twice, my, me and my mum. And both times we didn't talk for months because we're too stubborn. Uh, to the point where, you know, the one where I was in the depths of my darkness and I left everybody. We had a, a big fallout. And I think if it hadn't been for my dad... Uh, stepping in and 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 saying son you know I, I know you've taken the head of the family but you're arguing with the head honcho here mate you need to make make amends and um, I think if he hadn't have stepped in and, and offered me that sense you know because he's relaxing now and I'm talking a, a bit of all tongues here but if he hadn't have offered me that I think now that I, I still wouldn't be talking to my mum because we're that stubborn uh, which is which is you know a funny thing to say but so I I saw my mum today and um, she was sad. She she actually, she's having a tough time at work. Uh, she's having a tough time with a lot of her friends. I know that um, our, fr our very good friend over the road um, who, 
you know, it, it was basically, I was absolutely best friends with her son. Um, and she's got terminal cancer and she's not got long to go. So there's a lot of this going around now, you know, they're, you know, they're in this seventies, um, you know, these, these sort of things, um, sort of crop around, you know, when my dad's in it, almost in the seventies, my mum's nowhere near that. Christ, don't let her say she's in the sixties. Christ alive. I just, I just added 10 years to my mum and fucking, I felt 10 years get taken off of my life as well at the same time because she would have killed me. Um, but those are things that are happening. So I said to my mum, like I said, I've gone back and to the start, I said, you know, the bucket of shit is full. Um, so now's the time to look after yourself. Now's the time to step back and look after your well-being. And we had a brief conversation, and I and I I, I ended up coming back, and I rung my mum actually because I was like I was really worried. I was like, Mum, you know, this isn't like you. You're strong. You're moaning, not moaning. That's the wrong word. You're getting upset, emotional about things that normally you would deal with. So, um, and for me that is that to me is a, a big alarm bell you know to say that your bucket of shit's full you need to take a little step back away from work and manage your mental health get that work-life balance back in alignments and we had a really good conversation for about an hour actually and it's unusual for me and my mum to do that because like I said we don't really we're not massive talkers um but we you know obviously she's she's my mum so I love her impeccably you know <laughs> she's uh, <laughs> definitely sorry you know sorry um so but it's, it's important to make sure, and I felt very strong today, so I, I rung my mum and I said, look, you know, we need to help each other out. Let me offer you some advice. Let me sort of listen to you if you need to, you know, someone to talk to. And I think that's what's happened along this way, you know. It's been interesting, and it, it, I, I'm enjoying it because I'm seeing the positive side of things. But what happens is when you see the positive side of things and you look after yourself, you incorporate all this stuff, you become stronger. And you inevitably end up taking on a little bit of shit from other people to help them out. So you've got to watch. But you have to manage your own well-being as well. You have to be conscious of that. Don't let things get away from you. That's the first thing I said to my mum was, mum, listen to your body. If you're getting upset about things, if you're getting emotional about things and you're not sleeping very well, this is your body crying out to you. This is your body wanting you to know you need to step away, you need to relax. So listen to those signs, and that's important thing to do. And I've, I didn't, I said to my mum, I said, mum, I didn't do it for years. I didn't listen to myself. And look what happened to me, and look at what I'm talking about now. I'm talking about the things I didn't do, and I'm offering you advice to start listening to the things that are telling you it's time to look after yourself. And she did. We had a really good conversation. And I think that's the positivity of talking about this thing, being open and honest and talking about stuff. It gives you the ability, the strength to do more for other people as well as yourself. But find what is good for you. Find that well-being point that is good for you. Incorporate it into your daily routine. Make sure you do it every single day. Do it for the love not because it's a necessity. So make sure whatever it is, whether it's meditation, yoga, Pilates, reflection walks, walking amongst, amongst nature, healthy eating, whatever it'll be, there's so much stuff we can do. Take baby steps. Don't jump in feet first. Do something little and often and make it a, a, a regular pattern. I've certainly found that I, I actually enjoy drinking water again. It's really not nice. It sounds a bit crazy, but when you're used to just drinking fizzy drinks to give you the sugar hit, because that's what I was I was sort of craving was Pepsi Max, chuck sugar down me. My snacks would be sweets or something like that. I wasn't looking after myself, but since I've been finding 
fresh fruit is the thing where I get my sweet kick from. I've been using the old air fryer to make these little oat baked cookies with protein powder and stuff in them. For all these things we do, I do these now naturally. So I naturally try and look after myself. I recognize when I'm not looking after myself. And I'm adapting and overcoming all the time. And it's giving me the strength and fight every single day. I don't know what happens. I don't know what's around the corner. I do not know. But what we try to do is manage these things to give us the strength on those days where it's dark, on those days where it's horrible, and I know that I have some coming up soon. I'll have the strength, the um, openness, the honesty to tackle it and share it and ask for support when I need support and offer support when someone asks for my support. That's what happens. That's what we nurture. That's what we're adapting and overcoming with. That's why we sit and we talk about this all the time. That's why I say let's be open and honest with the people that care. Let's evolve. Let's better our friendships. Let's better our relationships. If something's playing on your mind, if you're a little bit stressed at work, you're absolutely crazy, the last thing you want to do is think about sexual intercourse. Well, how many relationships have failed on that? alone he doesn't like me oh he's not he's normally his testosterone's fueled through the roof maybe you, you you haven't got that same sex drive but talk be open with the partner and that's the same as if the person's doing something that's, that's irritating you maybe they're doing that to try and get your attention maybe they're not realizing they're doing this thing that irritates you but by being open and honest about all these things Something may have been said during the day. Don't sit on it and have an argument. Discuss it. Discuss why it felt that way. Try and better yourself. Try and make yourself... Try and better everything in your relationship by being open and honest. It will work. Even that, even on your friendships. This is what we're evolving. Open and honesty. Well-being. Because none of those things fit with depression, stress anxiety none of them do they always get hidden they're the first things that get hidden you lie you hide you you're shy you're introverted you're angry though you're you're explosive everything is not what it's meant to be so let's work on these things let's adapt overcome become friends look out for the right people nurture the right people and that's why I constantly beat the drum about making sure that the people around you are similar minded, are on that same path. Make sure that everyone around you is on that same path as you in some sort of shape, way or form. Because then you can work together, you can collaborate. Because we get so much, it's quite disheartening, we get so much lack of continuity, lack of cohesion in today's generations. It's all very selfish. But in actual fact, when you reach out, you you can reflect quite heavily on the days of past where communities used to come together. We don't do that nowadays. We, we are very isolated. But by embracing the right people around you, you're better in your life all the time. You're making better memories. You're doing it with strength and fun. And that's the main thing absolutely is um i'm going to stop there though um i don't want to drone on too much um but it was really just to sort of explain really that 
depression, if you don't look after yourself, as I always say, can strip away your future. It can take away your happiness. It's not fixed and focused on generations. It's not fixed and focused on types. It absolutely happens to everybody. It can happen to everybody or anybody. If you don't manage your mental health, your well-being, and it gets out of control, you be- you can become one of these horrible statistics. But you can lose so much on the way by not managing those little things that we can do, by not being open, honest, talking, by not looking after yourself, by not getting the well-being in, by not doing these positive things all the time, by t- by compensating for using alcohol to compensate for those sad times and hide away from them drugs pulling yourself away anything we we need to nurture the open and honesty we need to nurture how we feel because then you work as a unit as a controlled unit <laughs> every time i say you can work as a unit i go you can suck my unit <laughs> i'm sorry and it's really amazing and i feel very very privileged the reason i can talk about this in such depth is because that's what i've been doing i have an absolutely amazing friendship group absolutely look after each other all the time and we're, we're there for each other all the time i've got an absolutely great family and i've got an amazing my, my well-being is just I go through, I, I get good times, I get bad times, I get stress, I still get stress. But I'm trying to look after myself constantly. I take the small wins now. I look after the small wins and I make sure that the people around me are the right people. I never look at it as a negative. If the right people aren't around me, then we move on. We, we, we take it as a chapter in our life. We take it as a memory and experience. And that's how we should look at life. Maintaining that positivity. But you have to want to do this. If you don't do this yourself, if you don't want to make the change, you don't want to nurture this positivity inside yourself, then that's on you. This is what this all works with you doing these right steps. Because I guarantee, and I I think I heard it from Dave, is it Peterson or Patterson? Patterson, I think his name is. Absolutely fantastic guy, um, psychologist. And I read a quote from him the other day. And he said, if you can sit on the edge of your bed and think about something that you are doing wrong, that you know you are doing wrong, and you dwell on that for a couple of days, there's guarantee that there's a way that you can stop from doing that thing that is inherently bad for you or the people around you. It's it's a guarantee Because we all know when we're doing something wrong. We all know that. But we don't self-reflect enough. So we just bury it. We move on. We get angry. We blame everybody else apart from ourselves. Everybody else's fault apart from our fault. Because we don't want that self-reflection. But when you incorporate that self-reflection, when you sit on the end of your bed and you reflect on something that you are doing bad, whatever it may be, whether it's, it might be bad that you're going to a job you know is causing you problems. 
It might be bad that you're drinking and you know it's a poor thing, poor choice. You might overeat. You might not exercise. All of these things, if you actually dwelled on them and thought about one thing that you do that you know is bad for you, that you can possibly change to make your life better, if you dwelled on that for a couple of days, you would do it. You would want to find a way to do it. It's when you bury your head in the sand and you don't move forward that you have these problems. And that's where I think that for me, reflection works so well. When I'm sad, I reflect on why I'm sad. When I'm angry, I reflect on what's made me angry. Can I change what's made me angry? No? Okay. Why can't I change it? Oh, it's in a job. That thing's made me angry. It's in the job. I can't do anything about it without moving jobs. Well, why is it a problem? What's making you angry, etc.? There will be more. We can go into the rabbit hole. Trust me, I work in health and safety. So when you audit people, you can find rabbit holes. There's no difference to in life. It's, it just depends on how many blockers you want to put up. It depends on how strong you are to dig the burrows to find alternate routes on what's making you angry. If it's a friendship, you remove the friend. If it's someone at work, then complain about them or put a, a grievance in against them. If it's a, a family member, then have an open conversation. If they want to listen, you can move forward. If you don't, then you move aside. Just because you're blood, it doesn't mean you have to talk. Blood is thicker than water, absolutely. It's an old saying, but... If, if that person in your family is making your mental health and well-being affected, then move it aside. There's no dishonour in that. Absolutely none at all. It works in everything you do. You can stop doing the things that are bad quite easily. It's just about evolving. And that might be someone that's listening to this that thinks I'm that person. Then maybe. And I've had that. I've, I've been on the other side of that. I have actually had three people... Um, completely shut me out of their life in this in before this or before the start of this journey and it did affect me I've spoken about it before because I didn't understand why but like I said it's not my decision it's their decision the decision to do that and I honor it and that's as simple as that we put it to bed and we go on I'm I'm living by the live and die by the sword I'm saying do this then if someone does it to me then absolutely that is I am the problem I get that I'm not a saint I'm not an angel by far I am so far from I there, there's so much guarantee that I'm going down to hell if you believe in heaven and hell that um you know, it's an absolute guarantee. I'm not going to anywhere nice after my life. I get that. I made those life choices and I'm doing everything I can to undo those life choices and make those life choices better and better my mental health and well-being. Absolutely. And if I'm part of the person that it gets rid of, then, then I accept that. You have to accept that as well. You have to move on. And that's the importance of accepting it and moving on. It was a chapter. It was an addition. It's family, so what? If you can't re get resolution, it, then it means move forward. You, that's the only way you're going to better your mental health is by making these active changes yourself, starting the process with yourself. It's going to take a deep dive. It's going to take an absolute mental amount of strength to do it for some people, especially if you're a social person. But I guarantee when you remove the fakeness from your life, when you hang around with the people that really want to be with you, your life's just naturally better anyway. 
It really is. It's just, it's almost like we're consumed by the fact that we can access so many people through social media, the internet, that we have to have some sort of commitment to them. We have to have some sort of, because I'm watching them, because I'm following them, or because I'm talking about them, whatever it may be. Um, hold on. Sorry. Um, whatever it may be, because I'm talking about them, I owe them something, or I need to be part of their something. Not at all. You can pick and choose how much you want to be part of their life. Like I said to you before in previous podcasts, give the same amount of percentage that you get. And if you give more and don't get more, cut it away. If you stop giving more, don't be expected that the other person, if you stop giving or you start giving less, sorry, then don't expect the other person to carry on. They will drop naturally. That's what you're putting in, like for like. You, you get out what you put in and that becomes everything in life. If you put 110% into life, you will get 110% out. Admittedly, you're going to get some failures along the way because we all make mistakes. But whatever you put in, you get out. Just remember that. So I'm going to leave there on that positive note. Um, also, I just realised I've had my electric heater on for the best part of half an hour. And uh, I'm going to go in and, and the electricity bill is going to be £1.2 million. I just nearly cried. That's why I had to switch the switch off. I was like, it's getting a bit warm in my cabin. Wow! That's why, because I've just spent £1.2 million on fossil fuels. <laughs> that are not fossil fuels, but that's for another debate somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, I'm hopefully going to get a nice um, banter time with Billy uh, this week. A uh, little bit of a live podcast. So uh, look out for that. Um, I'm loving this journey. So, um, it's hard sometimes to, to make it sound positive. It really is. But it's just trying to make it inspirational. It's trying to make it to the point where we can do this. You know, we're absolutely just remembering it's all about nurturing the right things. It's all about looking after yourself and doing the right things for you to have a better life and ultimately walk around with a smile on your face instead of a sadness. That's what we're gearing for. It, just remember it can happen to absolutely everybody as well. Anybody, any age, any gender, anything, any person can get sad. So look out for the signs and reach out to the right people. That's the most important part. Um, nurture the right people around you as well. And make the effort as well. <laughs> There's so many things we should do, isn't there? Um, but you know what I mean. It's all stuff we should be doing as natural human beings anyway. Uh, we just lose a little bit of track sometimes. And sometimes we need someone to just say, crack on, <laughs> get it done. Anyway, um, I've droned on enough. I'm digressing. I'll speak to you all soon. Take care. Love you all guys. Bye.